Good morning and welcome to the Ask Elsa podcast with uh, me, Elsa Kepi of pleasureforhealth.com, where we talk about anything to do with relationships, intimacy, uh, sexuality, and just generally how do you feel pleasure. <clears throat> so today you might kind of wonder at the, the, uh, the title of today's topic, which is grief, and how on earth does that have anything to do with relationships or pleasure really but it has everything to do with that I think and although grief is not the only thing that we want to be able to feel in our lives it is something that many of us are feeling a lot of currently in our world situation at the moment and I think this is playing out in our intimate relationships so I really wanted to take a moment to consider how grief might show up in our relationships and how is it affecting you and your partner or partners so if you look up stages of grief which is you know kind of a, a something you can easily find out about on the internet and i think it's something that we all relate to on a certain level the first level is shock and denial and so you know it's interesting to notice that many of us are going through these types of feelings about what's going on in the world. And this can actually play out in relationships as well, in that, you know, we've had, perhaps we've been with a certain partner for um, a set amount of time, a few months or a couple of years, and we've gotten through that kind of honeymoon period where everything was perfect. And we start noticing about that person that, that you know, there's some things we're not really liking about them or maybe that they, we find super annoying or that you know we didn't realize they held a, a completely different value on a, on a topic that is dear to our hearts. And at first we might have denial about that, like how could we think so differently? You know, um, there's no way that we can be together if we don't agree. You know, it's kind of like it back in the old days, you know, you never talked about politics and religion at the dinner table, right? Like it's sort of, we want to be able to have our soulmate agree with us on everything. And that isn't possible because, and would we even want it to be possible? You know, a lot of times it's wonderful to have people with different viewpoints because it expands our own understanding of the world. So the, the denial can sometimes come in when we are trying to make uh, excuses around, well, you know, this person, we don't agree on everything. So therefore, they're not my soulmate. Now I'm in grief about losing my soulmate, you know, when really we've actually found an amazing gift of someone who's different than us that could add to our lives. But at the beginning, the first stage is that we notice that we are in denial or we're in shock oh my gosh this person doesn't think the way i do um they don't feel the way i do they don't you know want to have the same life goals as i do i hear that so many times um you know with couples and people singles that i work with you know oh i didn't realize that we had such different life views you know and so that is a big grieving and you know at first once we get through that shock and denial we then go quickly to um, the pain of that and the guilt like oh you know am I not good enough should I be thinking something different you know this is painful to have to deal with these differences which you know these these apparent conflicts in our relationship and 
you know, it's easy to get stuck in that pain and guilt and also to think that, again, we're in the wrong relationship or this is the wrong person or I'm wrong. You know, all of those types of thoughts really get in the way of us moving forward in our relationships. And of course, then we turn to anger or bargaining, you know, well, you know, if you do this, then I'll do that. Or, you know, I'm, you get angry at your partner for why didn't you tell me you thought, uh, you know, these things before we got married, before we got together, why didn't you tell me you didn't agree with me Then I would never have gotten with you? You know, it's like, well, interesting, you know, that we have to get to the stage of anger. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, it's, it comes to that place of like, yeah, each stage of grief that we're going through, what we really have to acknowledge is that we're grieving the loss of our perfect relationship. We're grieving our idealistic vision of what a perfect relationship would look like, of what a soulmate relationship would look like, of what we would look like in relationship. Maybe we're starting to see our own, um, you know, incongruences. Um, and this can lead to a depression. We get depressed about, oh, this isn't what I thought it would be. Life's not what I thought it would be. This relationship's not what I thought it would be. Here we go again. I'm in another relationship where I'm not happy, where I'm not with someone who, you know, gets me all of these things. And, you know, these four stages are where most of us get stuck most of the time. And it takes some dedicated effort to actually move into the next stage, which is kind of that upward turn that, you know, okay, we can work with this kind of feeling and actually start reconstructing our relationship on a more realistic um, standpoint um, and working through some of the issues that have come up. This is actually a huge uh, um, time of growth for anyone in relationship that has made it to this stage to start working on themselves and, you know, on their relationship and committing to that. That's a recommitment of monumental, you know, uh, um, force when you get to that, you know, you go through the pain, the denial, the anger, the depression, and you say, no, wait, I am committed to this relationship and I'm committed to doing the work that it takes to stay in this relationship. That's a huge turning point. And if both partners do that, then you have this amazing opportunity for acceptance, for reclamation, for hope, for, you know, a lot, all the things. And that is actually part of the amazingness that is a long-term relationship that you've worked with. Um, but it requires, you know, you to go through all the messiness of the first four stages first. And I think, you know, what's interesting is that we kind of don't realize what we're doing. We don't realize that these are the stages of grief and grief is, is there, you know, we're grieving the loss of our idealism. We're grieving the loss of the person we thought we married. We're grieving the loss of ourself, you know, that was, um, the, the, who we were yesterday or last month or last year. And we're continually having to revisit, like, who are we today? Who is my partner? How can we move forward? And, you know, rediscovering that. And that really is the, the, um, the exciting part of being in relationship. But what comes to me is noticing that this is grief 
And as much as our society doesn't know how to deal with grief, at least we can put a name on it and recognize that that's what we're going through and give ourselves some compassion about that. Because going through grief, it takes time. Most of us really understand that grieving takes time, that it takes compassion, it takes self-love, it takes holding space for ourselves and for the relationship to go through this process. And I think most of us, if we put that label of grief on it, don't get so judgmental either with ourselves or anyone else about what's happening. That we're, you know, we're not just angry. We're not feeling guilty. We're not, you know, needing to get out of this relationship. We are grieving and grieving takes time. And so that to me gives us some possibility for creating a space that we can then move to that upward turn, move to that reconstruction of a relationship. So, you know, grieving in and of itself is uh, not the only thing that can transform a relationship. Of course, we could transform through pleasure or through joy, but most of us, ha you know, most of us are not used to actually working with those types of uh, emotions and feelings. And the most we can get to is is grieving. And so grieving is a good place to start. And, you know, at some point, you might find that the pleasure and the pain come together. As many um, practitioners of kink or BDSM will tell you, pleasure and pain is so close on the spectrum that you may find that, that grieving and joy and freedom go together. And I can share a little bit about you know, the fact that as I explore my somatic experience of pleasure, that that actually brings up grief. So for me, they are kind of very linked. So there's a grieving of a kind of a, you know, why did it take so long for me to find this connection? You know, it's kind of like, where have you been all my life kind of feeling. And that can come up as you're starting to work with, um, you know, uh, joy and pleasure. And so again, you know, we're so wrapped up in this grieving and this, you know, we want to feel just pleasure, but we don't realize that there's this poignancy to pleasure. There's a grieving to pleasure. There's, you know, something that we also have to mix in there in order to get the depth of feeling that most of us are actually craving. So I know we've kind of talked around a lot of areas and, you know, why talk about grief when we're talking about intimacy and relationships? Well, because grieving is a way in. It's a way into the soul. It's a way into feeling. And oftentimes we have to grieve loss before we can actually gain anything from our relationship where we can open up to new love and light and joy and pleasure and freedom and all the wonderful things that relationships can bring. So I, I'm, you know, offering to you listeners today, if you're, if you're taking this in to notice what is coming up in your relationships, what is coming up in your own being, if it's denial or shock about what's going on or about your relationship or about the fact that you're not in a relationship, just all of it. And, you know, do you start feeling guilty about that? Does that lead to kind of an anger at, you know, why do things have to be this way? And then, you know, you kind of collapse into depression. And if that's where you've got to, I, you know, offer you this opportunity to, you know, maybe get out in nature. Nature's a wonderful 
teacher for grieving because you know things things die and things come back to life and it's such a cyclical thing that we can take a lot of lessons from that like get out in nature and notice you know that your all of those stages if you considered them just stages of grieving and that you know after you've grieved and cried and 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 realized that you've lost certain things it opens up space to 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 gain intimacy and love and sharing in a different way and to start reconstructing and working through that and getting to a place of acceptance but with hope instead of an acceptance with collapse and despair there's a difference there and i'm offering you an opportunity to explore that today um, as i did this morning like i said in my own body just to give you an idea of such a simple thing that you can do take take you know, as you're lying in bed in the morning, if you've got a few extra minutes, imagine that you're asking your body what it wants. Like what kind of, what does it want uh, as far as touch? I, I usually go to touch because it's pretty easy. And I noticed this kind of um, energy moving up my body and it felt uncomfortable and it felt a little bit painful or what I have always interpreted as painful. But today I tried to listen to that in a different way. And it was like, well, that's just energy moving. And, I, you know, what what is that actually pointing out? Well, it's pointing out that I did want a certain touch. I wanted to be stroked gently on the side of my breasts. And so, you know, I, I went through this process in my head of like, well, if I touch myself in that way, that is giving myself that touch. And in some ways, that's a beautiful self-loving gesture. And how does that feel? And that felt really great as far as the touch, but it, then it brought up the sadness of, well, I really wanted to be able to ask my partner to touch me in that way. And so then I came up to the, well, what if he says no? And the grief of that. And could I actually break through that barrier of, you know, oh, that's going to be too painful to hear a no if that came up. And so, you know, working through all of that, I actually came to, okay, let me work out a way to ask that is um, embracing of a yes or a no and of my partner's, um, you know, autonomy and choice. So I asked, you know, will you touch me like this for 30 seconds? And he, you know, he was willing to do that. And he, and, you know, um, it was a beautiful, like, I just cried. You know, it was a beautiful embracing of, okay, that was something I wanted. I sat with the feeling. I let myself have the want, which is first. I, um, you know, uh, attempted and, and gave myself that and then also asked someone else. And it was kind of a double, double win, right? Because then I can actually meet my own needs and I can ask and have them met, you know, by somebody who has you know, has said yes to that choice in the moment. And I think I would have been okay with a no as well. Um, but it definitely, it, it definitely opened up something. And because I was in that process of self-discovery and not in a process of blaming anger or pain, you know, you know, shaming him because, oh, you never touched me. And, oh, how come you don't do this? Like, because I wasn't in that place, I got a different answer. So, you know, it's, it's very interesting to kind of work with this. And that was maybe took all of three or four minutes of my morning. And, you know, I, I would offer you to, to listen to what it is that's arising in you that you're wanting more of, and then notice 
if you shut it down right away and notice if there's a grief around that and notice if there's a different pathway that you could take with that desire and you know notice um in yourself how much uh grief comes up just because you're shutting your own desire down and um you know that's a, an exploration that might be worth doing and i would love to hear about it so if you try that out feel free to put a message on this podcast or or write to me through my website pleasureforhealth.com and let me know how it's gone um, you can find out more about my programs and coaching there and it's been a pleasure to talk to you today and I hope there's something here for you to take away.